Are you ready to finish the exact book you've always wanted to write on exactly your own terms? Welcome to the Mindset to Finish Your Book podcast. I'm Zahia Al-Khoury, certified life coach, author, former lawyer, and current mother of three. This podcast is dedicated to help you shift your relationship to creativity and visibility so you can unlock the mindset you need to finish your book. You will learn the most transformative tools of life coaching and how to apply them to your life as a writer. Joining me will be a collection of super cool guests from both the world of coaching and the world of publishing. Because you and your book are not a closed system. You, your partner, your children, your day job, your health, your nervous system, your editor, and your agent are all part of an ecosystem, and we need to nurture all of these relationships for you to thrive. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive in. I am so excited that you're here for my very first podcast episode. I've been coaching for five years, and I inadvertently have come up with a four-step process to fix everything that is wrong with your book and help you finish it. Today, we'll focus on step one, remind yourself what you love about your book. In episode two, I'll dive into steps two, three, and four. And in episode three, I'm interviewing the brilliant writer, editor, and overall amazing human being, Stacey Swan. So stick with me. If you're listening and you think, oh, my friend Emily needs to hear this too, please share it with them. That way, they can learn how to have the mindset to finish their book too. Welcome to the very first episode of The Mindset to Finish Your Book. In today's episode, I will teach you how to fix everything that is wrong with your book. I want to start by telling you a story. Once upon a time, you had an idea for a book. You and your book had an exciting courtship full of first dates and romance and longing and appreciation. You devoted time and energy to nurture your new relationship. And one day you hit 40,000 words and you showed it to a developmental editor who gave you a long list of things that were wrong with your book. You got overwhelmed and depressed by the list and decided to lie down on the floor for a while. Then your kids dragged you off the floor, and your mom called, and your boss called, and you got back to work on all the things that someone else wanted you to do. You never finished making those revisions, but they haunt you. Let's start over. Once upon a time, you had an idea for a book. You and your book idea had an exciting courtship full of first dates and romance and longing and appreciation. You fell in love with your book idea, and you married your book idea. For a time, things were amazing. Then you hit a rough patch. So you hired a developmental editor who gave you fabulous advice, which you followed. And you and your book idea laughed and cried and put in the work. And one day, you and your book idea produced an actual, completed 80,000-word manuscript. You pitched it to an agent who fell in love with it and agreed to represent you. And you waited with bated breath for it to sell. But months went by, and the agent didn't sell it. And then she told you she had to break up with you because she had to focus on the books she could sell. It's not you, she said. It's me. I just don't love this book enough to sell it right now. And then you were left alone with a list of reasons why publishing houses did not want to buy or publish your book. Now, I'm just going to jump out of the story for a minute and point out that you are the protagonist of each of these versions of the story. This is deliberate. I have told you the story this way because each of these stories could be your future or could be your past. Either way, I'll tell you what happened next. You were determined to keep working on your book, but spending time with it started to feel like a chore. And there were already so many other things that felt like a chore that would actually lead to paying your bills or taking care of your children or paying your taxes, etc., etc. 
the path of least resistance was to put off working on your book. But why, you ask? My clients ask me this all the time. I know I want to write a book, they say. Why can't I just make myself do it? If you're not asking yourself this question and you've already finished and published your book, I applaud you. If you're my friend, I may have already read your book. I probably have. But if you are asking this question, I have an answer. It takes energy to create enthusiasm to write a book. And it takes additional energy to create enthusiasm to deal with a list of things that are wrong with your book. It can be lonely. And you may have thought you hired the developmental editor or signed with the agent to help you get your genius on paper and out into the world. But you probably also hired them to have companionship in the creative process, even if you didn't know that. Companionship is lovely. It can be supportive and inspiring. For some of us, companionship is essential. But companionship, like ice cream, comes in different flavors. When we hire someone who can tell us how to make something better, that is what they will try to do. But because writing is solitary work, when you hire someone to help you fix something or sell something like an agent would, you might also accidentally outsource your excitement about the book and your belief in yourself to that person, which can totally work if you are Taylor Swift. If Taylor Swift has a bad day because someone doesn't like one of her songs, there are millions of people to remind her that she is Taylor Swift and has talent and is beloved. And by the way, if you are Taylor Swift and you are listening to this podcast right now, I can totally help you write the exact book you've always wanted to write and not the book your agent or PR team wants you to write. And if you're not Taylor Swift and you are trying to get an agent or trying to finish the draft of the book that will get an agent, you need to find a way to remind yourself of what you loved about your project to begin with. This is especially important if you have a long list of things you could do to make it better, whether that list of things is coming from a critique partner or a writing workshop or from your own brain. That's why I encourage you to develop a five-to-one praise-to-criticism ratio in the way you deal with your creative process. So what's the five-to-one praise-to-criticism ratio, Zahia? Did you just make that up? No, I did not make it up. I actually learned about the five-to-one praise-to-criticism ratio when I started teaching legal writing, which was coincidentally not long after I finished my MFA in fiction writing, where no one was paying attention to this kind of research. And it was many years after I was a law student where for sure no one was paying any attention to this kind of research either. This is how I was taught to give written feedback to law students. And writing pedagogy specialists are not the only ones who talk about this. John Gottman, the marriage and family relationship expert, did research that showed that in stable and happy marriages, for every negative interaction during conflict, these couples have five or more positive interactions. The Harvard Business Review published research about this same ratio of praise to criticism in the most successful management teams. So the Harvard Business Review, the Gottman Institute, and writing pedagogy specialists all agree. For every piece of criticism you share with someone, you need five pieces of praise for it to feel like a healthy and supportive relationship. Well, guess what? This ratio is not just true of long-term romantic relationships or management teams who read the Harvard Business Review or legal writing instruction. It's also true of your relationship with yourself. And it's also true of your relationship with your book. There are people who give feedback to writers in this way. There are excellent developmental editors who know how to do this. 
There are amazing agents who are able to take on a project they love and work with you through multiple rounds of editorial feedback until they can find the perfect publishing house for your book. But if you haven't met that editor or agent yet, it doesn't mean anything about the value of you as a person or the value of your book. Yes, you heard that right. Just because negative comments feel discouraging to you doesn't mean you don't deserve to be a writer. Just because you don't have a thick skin does not mean you don't deserve support and feedback. Just because you are having trouble finishing your book doesn't mean you don't get to write it. Just because you signed up to have someone help you with your book and then you felt too discouraged to work on it does not mean you don't get to write your book. Here are some other things that having trouble finishing your book does not mean. It doesn't mean you are weak. It doesn't mean you are a bad person. It doesn't mean you are a bad writer, whatever that means. It doesn't mean you have less value as a person. It doesn't mean you have less talent than someone else. It doesn't mean that you will not publish your book. It doesn't mean that you wasted your time writing your book. And it doesn't mean that your book isn't worth writing. Here is the lesson we can learn from those stories I told you at the beginning. You can't outsource your belief in your book to another person. Because if you outsource your belief in your book to another person, you become dependent on them. And you might even become reactive to their criticism in a way that is not helpful to either of you. We will cover this in a subsequent episode at length. But what I want to tell you now is that it is perfectly normal for you to want to outsource your belief in yourself and your book to another person. It is not a character defect. It is probably the way you've been socialized, especially if you are a woman, double especially if you are a woman of color, and also if you are a highly sensitive, high-achieving perfectionist, regardless of race or gender or ethnicity. We are going to get into all of this in detail in subsequent episodes. For now, I want you to know that the first step in my four-step process for fixing everything that is wrong in your book is reminding yourself what you love about your book. This first episode is dedicated to step one. If you've already started writing, keep listening. If you haven't started writing yet, you might want to skip to step two, which is in the very next episode. Step one, remind yourself what you love about your book. First, print your book out. If you can, pay extra to send your book to Office Depot or the equivalent and have them print it and bind it with one of those coils that lets you read it like an actual book. I personally like reading books on paper. No, I love reading books on paper. But it's also pretty well established that reading on paper is a different experience for the brain than reading on a screen. Set yourself up in a space where you won't be disturbed. And when you do this, please use every opportunity to make this process as enjoyable for yourself as possible. Have your favorite beverage at the ready. Wear your most comfortable pants or wear a ball gown and lipstick. It's your party. It's up to you. Bring a collection of your favorite pens and markers and art supplies. I like to bring a stack of stickers that entertain me. I have two eight-year-olds, so I usually have an assortment of gold stars and mermaids and flowers and inspirational phrases like, you rock and amazing, all in sticker form. Once you are set up at your writing surface, pick your printed manuscript up and admire it. Allow yourself to feel how substantial it is in your hands, even if it's just eight pages long. You made this thing. It exists in this form and will evolve into other forms because of your nurture. Next, I invite you to underline everything you love about your book, preferably in a color or a variety of colors that delight you. If you do enjoy stickers, please put a sticker on every single page of your manuscript. Write yourself encouraging notes throughout. 
If you absolutely must write down the things that you notice that you want to fix, I invite you to use a different color pen or add a post-it note or possibly make a whole separate list. What I want is for you to end up with a manuscript that you have loved and appreciated five times more than you have criticized. Remember what we said about the five to one praise to criticism ratio? The ideal praise to criticism ratio is five to one, meaning that for every piece of criticism you share with someone, including yourself, you need five pieces of praise for it to feel like a healthy and supportive relationship. Remember, it's also true of your relationship with your book, and it's also true of your relationship with yourself as a writer. So read your manuscript with love and appreciation. Admire the beautiful lines you wrote, the moments that are poignant or funny. Admire the scene you wrote that you were really proud of. Appreciate that you devoted time to this version of your book. I promise you that the list of things you need to do to fix it will still be there when you're done. I promise that if you allow yourself to focus on what you love about your book, you will be able to make it even better with a lot more joy and enthusiasm even if you have to work hard. I promise you that if you do this and don't let yourself focus on the negative, you will feel excited about your project again. After you've seen and adored what is actually present in the pages of your book, you can move on to step two, and then steps three and four, which I'll talk about in the very next episode. Before I say goodbye, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Please let me know if there is something you especially loved in this episode, or if there was a key moment that stood out to you. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Think of me as your life coach for creative writing, ready to jump in and help at the click of a button. Thanks for listening to the Mindset to Finish Your Book podcast. If you're ready to finish the exact book you've always wanted to write, but you're struggling to juggle your book, day job, and family life, I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching offer just for you. Learn more and download your free workbook at mindsettofinishyourbook.org. Through this guide, you will learn how to fall back in love with your creative vision the very next time you sit down to write. You can find the direct link to download it in the episode notes. Do you know another author who needs to hear this episode? Be sure to send it to them. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please leave me a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. I'm Zahia Alcori, your host, and I cannot wait to see what you create. See you next time.